way. Does, does this seem okay? It's kind of, it kind of seems a little dim to me, but how, how's it for you guys? Would you like it a little more like, or you like it like this? You like it dim? Okay. So that's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so my name is Richard Shankman, and I'm um, sitting in for Mark tonight, and I'll be here next week also. Um, and I'll say a little more about who I am, just so you know later, as uh, uh, people come in. So um, I'm going to follow the exact same format. I've spoken quite a bit with Mark, and um, uh, so I'll follow the exact same format of every evening, and we'll take the beginning period now for, he says, maybe somewhere between 20 to 30 minutes, just uh, to see if there were any questions. I know that last week the topic was uh, meta. And so we can have, see there may be some questions, see how it went for people with your practice. Um, we can take some time, and I know that's also a time as people are coming in, and then we'll, then we'll have a sit and continue on like that. So any, um, I can see a little better now, so if um, it's working out okay. Uh, any um, either comments, questions, anything up for anyone as we start? Everything go okay? So um, maybe I'll just say a few things because I, I can, you know, uh, if people have any questions, that's fine. But here's a, here's a broader question to put out there. Um, I'm assuming, I don't actually know the background of everyone in this group here, so I'm assuming there are some people here who are relatively new to meditation or to Dharma practice. <coughs> And I'm also um, guessing that there are probably some people here who, who have some amount, maybe quite a lot of practice under your belt and are here to come back through the teachings again and revisit them and just reconnect with your practice, deepen into your practice. So I'm sure there's a range here. One thing I would, this is also a guess, that might be true for all of us here is, is that I'm assuming that everyone here, to some degree, is interested in deepening or incorporating Dharma practice. We can have a whole discussion about what we mean by Dharma practice. Uh, it's a lot more than just formal meditation, but w- whatever way you take Dharma practice to be, um, to deepen that in your life, to actually apply it and see some fruits from the practice, have a real effect in your life. And for many of us, that uh, may involve some, I hope it involves some degree of a daily practice. I know it's not always easy to keep up a daily practice, and we can talk about that too, because it is challenging. Let's just be honest about it. Uh, You know, we're not in caves or in monasteries. You know, I don't see any monks or nuns here. Again, I can't really see that well. Oh, actually, that helps a lot. Okay. So, um, I'm making an assumption here that people want to uh, deep and strengthen practice in your daily life, whatever that looks like for you. So a br- one question is, how did it go with the homework, with the metta, or any of the pieces, you know, from, a th- from the beginning up till now? But a broader question, if you want to talk about it, is, is how is it going for you in general, in the bigger sense, bringing these Dharma practices and teachings into your life? 
Going okay. Feel satisfied with how it's going. Not satisfied with how it's going. Anybody? You know, that's a, another way to think about it, too. Yes? It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you just spoke probably, definitely for most people here. I don't want to go so far as to say for everyone here. Yeah. So you can say, you don't have to say more, but if you want to say, like, because it, could, it could be hard in a lot of different ways. Uh, do you have anything you want to say, more you want to say about that? I'm struck by how many different aspects of my life are being touched by a shift or change that is sort of gradually happening, and it feels very disruptive. Oh, that's interesting. So it's hard because it's sort of changing what old patterns, old ways, and whatever that, what that is for you. was as I was making a judgment about another person who I was really angry about, yeah. angry at, I saw a mirror, and all I could see was myself. Yeah. yeah. And it was just... It was, and that was hard just because it was uncomfortable? What was hard about that? I'm just, I mean, I'm, I don't mean to put you on the spot here. I'm just... No, no, that's quite all right. It was hard because I couldn't do what I usually do. Hmm. It wasn't, it, it doesn't work so yeah, well yeah. anymore. There's another voice saying, you know, not so much don't judge others, but you know, look, look, to, look inside yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, it's, it's like this shifting and changing and disruption from what is familiar yeah. to and I actually went to a friend who has been in Buddhist practice for a long time and said, what am I supposed to do now? You know what I mean? Because there's this sort of feeling of unsettledness. Kind of, yeah. of, um, so we, you know, we can explore that more. I don't want to, because it could open up a whole big thing there. But, you know, I just would, a couple of things come to mind. Uh, um, uh, it's interesting that it, it you know, you say, well, what do I do now? What's unsettled? There's something unsettled. It sounds like you're seeing in a way that perhaps you hadn't before, something shifting. from. You know, that doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a problem. It might, I could imagine people would, would uh, find that liberating or exciting. Or, so there's something about it that's, that's not that way for you. That's, well, I agree with what you're saying. experience it in that way but um, energetically yeah uh. it's it's um, it's disruptive yeah yeah, yeah. which isn't bad it's not, it's not yeah, yeah. good or bad so much it's, okay. it's just well, sorry, I appreciate you. Thank you. Is it okay for now? You know, we kind of started to kind of crack it open a little bit. We didn't really. Okay. Thank you. I have a question for you. When you say a mirror, did you actually see a mirror, or was it mirrored back in the other person that you were talking to? No, it was more, it was, it was what I really saw was myself. Okay. So sort of being yeah. mirrored back. 
You mean not literally a mirror. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So anyway, sorry, thank you very much. Yes, please. Um, I've had some acquaintances and some friends talk about this book or video called The Secret. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. I haven't read it. Yeah. But, you know, it seems like doing the meta practice this week, it seems like it's this other alter dimension of... Um, I'm not quite sure, but you know, may I be successful? Mm -hmm. Lots of money, or you know. I don't think I don't think you got uh, meta phrases that said may you have lots of money. <laughs> 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 I gathered from this, this book that's been written. Oh, the secret. I mean, maybe other people can comment yeah. on this. Um, and I just wondered what um, your take on something like that. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't want to go off into this. In very... Right. Um, so. I don't want to go off into the secret. I've actually heard some things about it, and I haven't actually read it myself, and so I'd like to just set that one aside for now, if that's okay. Um, so I'll just give you my take generally about what the whole metta practice is about. In general, the Buddha, Buddhist practices are, are roughly divided into two types of practices. They, they overlap a lot, so this is kind of a rough division. One is are what are called wisdom practices, and that vipassana is a wisdom practice. And what we mean by wisdom is it's, it's not, the goal is not to create any specific experiences so much, but to gain insight, direct seeing into sort of the nature of how things are. So vipassana, the word, I don't know if Mark talked about this, vipassana is translated in English as insight. The, pas, the pasana comes from this verb, Verb pasati, which means to see, and the vi has this meaning. It's like into. It's sort of like if you if you had a bunch of weeds growing up, and you wanted to see to the ground, and you pushed your hands in and pulled the weeds apart to see into. It, it, that's kind of the sense of the vi, is the pulling apart to see deeply into. So that's vipassana, insight. So the idea, So when we're doing vipassana practice, we are creating certain. You may or may not have experienced it yet in your practice, but it is creating certain meditative states. Concentration is, is important, and all kinds of bliss and everything can come from that. I don't know if we're going to get into that sort of stuff, but it sort of comes along. At some point, it does come with the practice. And there's all other kinds of experiences of going deeper into the Vipassana, but that's not the goal of the Vipassana. The goal is those are all supporting the, the, the deep seeing into the more the clear nature of things. And then it's through that deep seeing that some deeper levels of non-clinging happen and the deeper truths reveal. And maybe you've already talked about all that. So that's kind of what the wisdom practices are about. Then there's these another class of practices of which metta is one that are specifically about creating specific states of the mind and the heart. That's the goal. And so metta, the goal is not to get anything. It's not, it's not actually to make anything happen. It's all about purifying our own minds and hearts. It's all about bringing to our, ourselves to a place such that ultimately, ideally, no being, no living being in any circumstances ever shut out of our hearts. Now that's a tall order, but that's kind of where we're heading here. So the heart is open just in, a, in loving kindness. That's the metta, loving kindness. So that's the goal. So then when you work with phrases, it sounds like you worked with some phrases last time. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Actually, just as an aside, if you go back to the suttas, the original discourses, there's no phrases in there. The Buddha was just didn't actually give you. He he talked many many times about metta and the importance of it, but he didn't really give you techniques there. And then these techniques phrases were developed later, uh, several hundreds of years later, come out of there. So uh, the idea of the phrase is if I'm thinking, you know, may you be healthy, may you be happy. It's a sincere wish, but actually it's mostly really about purifying our own hearts. Not about trying to make anything or get anything. It sounds like that might be, that's a long answer, but that might be a little, just one moment please, that might be a little different than the secret. And again, maybe that's more about like really getting something. And it doesn't mean we don't sincerely want all beings to be happy, because we do with, with a, a loving heart. We sincerely want um, all beings to be safe and all beings to be free from suffering and all these uh, wonderful, beautiful intentions and wishes. And the equanimity piece also acknowledges that things are the way they are. I can't make you be happy. I can really care and have a heart open in love that naturally would wish the best for you, and things are what they are. So that's kind of the idea on the mental. Yes, please. Um, I really want to practice meta, and I'm troubled because today I had to be very confrontational with someone who had taken financial advantage of me in a very pronounced way. <coughs> Excuse me. It didn't feel very kind. Yeah. And so in your just in your state of mind, you weren't in a kind state of mind. Frustrated about the financial yeah. state of the situation, but I still wish the person you know uh, that they have a nice life. I it, it was just very hard to. Yeah. Uh, how do you practice meta when you've got to get tough? Yeah. Well, there's two different things there. Uh-huh. First of all, I'll come back to how you practice when you have to get tough. But, but, well, first of all, I want to say the Buddha never said that we're supposed to somehow become these passive blobs and it's just like, well, you know, they're stealing my I don't know what happens. I mean, my money, but, you know, I'm just going to sit here and, it's, and we don't take any action or anything. Not at all. Nobody's saying that we just become passive. That I don't think that'd be wise or skillful to not take care of ourselves. And there were many times when the Buddha specifically got on people's cases and told them what to do and said, "You shouldn't be doing that. And you should be doing this." And it could be very forceful. So, but let me come back to that in a second. I think an important piece that you're pointing to is that um, we all—it's it's a cliche, but. Let me say it. We all start from where we're at, which is it's not possible to do anything else anyway. So, right? So we all have however much. We, we, our, our, one of the big teachings about in Buddhism is around the habitual conditioning of our minds. So how our minds have gotten to be conditioned, how they are, who knows? We've all had certain life experiences. We were born into this life with certain tendencies, so we are who we are. That's where we start with. That place of not judging ourselves, and I don't know that you were judging yourself, but I just want to say this. Uh, okay, so yeah. Is actually a, an important piece of meta for ourselves. It's the place that says, this is the place I want to head to. This is my ideal. This is, I'm, I want to get really clear about that. 
And I also want to be realistic about what's really going on. I mean, I, you know, it was, I remember, you know, I used to, I remember my early practice, I, I didn't realize how much anger I had had in myself. And I was a spiritual person and everything. And finally, I kind of got in touch with, uh, I was young and naive and very idealistic when I started off in my practice. And finally, you know, I was like, man, I've got a lot of anger in here. I'm really pissed off. I mean, like, don't mess with me because I'm going to punch you kind of mess mad. And I really, so that needed some work and everything. Well, I don't, didn't need to tear myself down for it. It was like, it's not the place I wanted to live, but I needed to be real about it and acknowledge it and, and start from there. And then how can I move forward in a way that's not suppressing, not being fake, but really kind of purifies and frees up that anger. I don't want to live with a lot of anger. And what's wise and skillful ways of moving forward? So, you know, I think by definition, until we're Buddhas ourselves, um, you know, we've got places in us that at least have the seeds, the potential for hatred or anger, for greed, for delusion, those three, what I call the three poisons. Um, So every time that reveals itself, it's not like there's anything wrong. It's actually an opportunity to see, oh, yeah, there's a place that still needs some work. And we can start to shift our relationship with it and say, okay, yeah, I can still get angry here. You know? So that's one thing is we start, we're at, we do the best we can in a way that's kind to ourselves. There's also a distinction between being, standing up for yourself, taking care of yourself, and maybe being fierce and the state of our minds and our hearts when we're doing it. Like they're not necessarily the same. So that's a whole different piece, too. Like maybe there is a time to, like, to be like, hey, this isn't all right. And kind of what it was like. yeah, and then we then a whole separate piece is what's going on in our minds and our hearts. Right. So I don't know. Is, is that okay? Well, it's kind of a long answer. Incredibly helpful. Okay. Very yeah. helpful. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Please. Um, I had a sort of interesting experience um, where just talking about how it comes into daily life, where my practice entered an area where I hadn't really thought about it and hadn't thought that I needed work in the same way that I wanted help in other areas. But I'm a grad student, and I was working on a paper about welfare reform and reading all these things that really upset me. But in in my usual mode of of academic, scholarly, evaluating, figuring out what I'm going to write, blah, 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 blah. And um, then by the end of the day, I was like, oh, wow, ugh. I just felt like sort of blah. And so I started to do a little walking meditation. I was like, oh, I'm really upset by all this. And it's so straightforward and s- simple, but I hadn't thought about myself in emotional terms and my work. It was just like, that's work, and that's personal, yeah. and emotional. And, and I had a big emotional mm-hmm. response. I don't have any comment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, it sounded like you were just sharing about that. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Your previous question. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, this sort of dovetails into what you were saying, and that I could really use some additional direction on the conditions that cause suffering to cease 
and I realize that we're going over the eightfold path in, in the next trimester. Yeah. Um, but I found meta very challenging right. because to me it feels like a more of an advanced practice. And so I was just wondering if, if there would be time either during this class or maybe another class if you could touch on briefly the conditions that help. Well, maybe I can, yeah. And I just want to say, um, and this will, I think, I want to, don't want to speak for other teachers, but probably for most people who would come here, I'll just, but for myself, for sure, is since I haven't reached the end of the path, that, you know, I'm also engaged in this inquiry myself. So I, um, I understand in, intellectually what the teaching is. And as all of us in this room, every single person in this room, you may or may not give yourself credit for this, but this applies to everyone in this room, uh, I feel confident in saying that, and I'm looking around. I don't think there's anyone here. There's a few people here I know a little bit, but there's no one in here that I know well, uh, I don't think. And um, I feel confident in saying all of us know, actually, we may not be aware of it, but we, 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 we know some degree of what gives rise to suffering and what gives rise to, the, to, to kind of a freeing from suffering. So we, we already kind of know uh, the, what we don't know is what to do about it. So, you know, if, if you know, in, in the Buddhist teachings, it's a liberation through non-clinging. And that's a very deep teaching. It's, uh, it goes into the whole sense of who and what we are as beings and, our, and how we, what we view ourselves to be as, as beings. And that's a whole piece about what, what's, you know, that's a big piece of what we're doing in the practice is bringing our awareness inward. To, and it's an inner journey to really find our true nature, if you want to use that term. Um, but anyway, so we, this, we could spend like the whole course on what's the nature of non-clinging, what's that really mean? But this is, that, that's kind of, I'll just say that and leave, let it sit out there for now. So, um, and it's one thing just to say, don't cling. And it's like, okay, sure, okay, I won't cling. But as soon as you walk out of here, for all of us, and as soon as the right causes and conditions and circumstances come together, whatever it is, it'll be different for each of us. Where that hook, then we take the hook and it, it hooks us. We're going to just go, we're gonna go back on automatic pilot. We're going to be reacting again. And we'll just fall back into our old patterns again. And we all do that. We're not doing anything wrong when that happens. It's kind of how it is for us. So... We're not bad, we're not screwed up, we're not, not good enough, none of that. It's just kind of what happens. So we, as we start to do these uh, awareness practices, part of what happens is, is we learn how to settle down more and be more still and calm, and that's one piece. And another piece is we're more aware, mindful, present, aware, clearly knowing what's happening moment by moment. And then we start to see these things as they're happening more and more. And through that, there's a natural kind of letting go that happens. So that's one of the things that we're all here doing is, is learning how to just see things more clearly. That's a piece where it automatically, over time, kind of does its work on us. That's one piece. And then there's other things we start to bring moment to moment. As we start to see more clearly, we actually start to become more aware. Many people here were sharing about seeing places where maybe perhaps used to just be caught up in it before and wasn't so aware. Now it's like, wow, look what's going on here and everything. That's a lot of wisdom. Already we're, supposed to, we're starting to see uh, how we're reacting. Uh, so I'm giving a generic answer because the specifics, it's, it's, it depends on each circumstances. But um, in general, we start to, it's through these practices of purifying the heart 
and wisdom practices and learning to quiet down and all of that, that um, transformations happen. And the good news is you don't have, this is actually the great news is, um, and I'm sure that there's some of you who know this, uh, you don't have to be to the end of the path to have tremendous transformative effect in your life. That's great news. You can have a lot, I mean transform your life at, you know, I'm not making it different stages, we're not laying it, but you know, I mean, it, it's, it starts to happen and it just keeps going and going, it gets subtler and subtler. So it's, we don't have to be, you know, whatever our image of the enlightened, you know, we're in a cave for 20 years or whatever we might think. You know, whatever that is for us. And I don't think there's very many people who sit in caves for 20 years. But I'm just, anyway. So a lot of this practice is about um, what is skillful means. That's a term you'll hear a lot. What's wise and skillful techniques and practices and ways of working with situations with ourselves to help free ourselves. To help us, and you know, you may not use the word enlightenment in your own practice. You could use it. It's a fine word. But uh, I don't use it myself. But um, um, the words I like, which is really the same thing, is how can I live in a way that's as free as possible, as awake as possible, as kind, as caring, right? as aware, as clear, as present, as compassionate as possible. And so the more we are living in those ways, we're naturally suffering less. You know, these are big topics. They're big topics. And one of the things I would just point out, and I'm going to say more about this later, is is that, um, and this is especially in in a, all of us can be hard on ourselves sometimes, just as human beings, I think it's, but some people, we all have our places where we particularly suffer, and for some people, um, their, their style of suffering happens to be really being hard on themselves a lot. And if, you happen to, if that happens to fit you, I would just like to point out to you that um, you've shown up at a group like this to test out, even if you're just touching your toe in the water, to, to, to try out, you know, what, how, what can I learn, what can I do to help me live in a way that's more kind and caring and compassionate and loving and more awake and clear and mindful and present and free? That's what you're up to in your life. Now, you, you may judge that you don't think you do it good enough. No, we can talk more about that later. But uh, that's just the habit of your mind. That's what we're working on, so don't worry about that. Right? You shut up to do this. So... Um, I, I'm not going to judge anybody who's interested in that. I think that's a pretty cool group of people to come together just because that happens to be, um, I'm a Dharma teacher, so I'm kind of, that's what I think is important things. You know, if, if this was the, if this was the um, um, Woodacre Motorcycle Club, then they would be judging you differently. You know, by how, but this is... But you showed up here to, for a group that's about something very specific. And so um, 
you know, I hope not in any kind of egotistical way, but really to, you know, it's okay to actually take some happiness in that. Well, you know, I'm actually, I, um, and, I'm, and not only are you interested in it, but you actually made the effort to show up here after, you know, a day of whatever your day looks like, if you have work or family or whatever it looks like for you, you know, and you come and do that. So that's saying a lot. I don't know why I was uh, moved to say that after that, but it just came up. felt like I wanted to say that. Um, well, we'll have some more time for questions or talking or sharing. What I'd like to do is just, we're going to sit in a few minutes, but first, uh, um, um, Mark asked me to just, I, don't, I guess he didn't, I don't know if he said who I am, and he asked, specifically asked me to say, so I'll just take a minute here. My name is Richard Shankman. I live in the East Bay. Um, if any of you are interested, I co-teach a group there. Um, it's actually on Wednesday night, so it's a slight conflict. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, And if you're interested, uh, you know, I can tell you how to contact me on my teaching schedule. It's on the web and everything. Um, I've been practicing since 1970. I actually started off in a uh, more of a Hindu-oriented yoga tradition back in 1970, and then through the seven, I lived in an ashram for a while and was into that scene. And then in the 70s, I kind of um, and I, I used to think Buddhism it kind of just it was it, I don't know it was like dry bones or something. And you know, Hinduism was full of I don't know. They talk about God, and it was just getting Buddhism. But when I really got to, anyway, it kind of shifted. The next thing you know, I'm in the 70s. I was over in the Buddhist Dharma world. Um, and I, um, I do teach here at Spirit Rock um, retreats and things like this from time to time. I'm not on the teacher council, but I do a fair amount of teaching here and around the Bay Area. So that's basically my background. Oh, and um, uh, at the end of the year, I have a book coming out, too, on the topic of samadhi which is, um, there's really not, uh, call it concentration if you want, it's not that good of a translation. There aren't really any good books out on it yet. Uh, I don't think it's surprising. I hope it will be a good book, but you can check it out if you're interested towards the end of the year. So that's going to happen. So what I'd like to do is um, have us then um, sit. Mark told me that you've been,